heads for a word of prayer. Gracious and loving Father, on this first Sunday in Lent, we are mindful that you are a God who provides for his people. Lord, sometimes we take those provisions for granted. And we live each day as if you really don't matter. And when the time comes we, where we are challenged, where we face hardship or calamity, then we turn to you. And by all rights, you should be you should be gone. And leave us to our own sinful and prideful and selfish desires. But, but you love us so much that you're still there. And you still provide. Your mercy and grace your forgiveness and you do it all because you love us no matter what Lord be with us this day and every day help us to walk as your children as your servants through this season of Lent and help us to fix our eyes on your son our Savior Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. God provides. In so many of the circumstances and situations that we face in our lives, God provides. And he's there. In our Old Testament reading today from Genesis, we see that God tests the faith of Abraham. And a lot of times as we read this story, we struggle with the whole idea of testing and tempting. Though we get the short version in the Gospel of Mark today, this Old Testament lesson is almost always contrasted with the, the temptation of Jesus, or maybe the better way to say it is the temptations that Jesus faces in the 40 days he spends in the wilderness after his baptism by John in the Jordan River. And we struggle then with What's the difference between testing and tempting? James reminds us in our epistle lesson today that, that God tempts no one. 
Well, sometimes it doesn't seem like that in our lives, but, but James goes on to say each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. C.S. Lewis said in the book, the screw tape letters, that the devil doesn't need to spend his time tempting all of the non-believers. He already has them. And so he focuses on Christians to pull them away from God. To enable us, to tempt us, to encourage us to give in to the evil desires and the selfish and prideful temptations of the world in order to destroy the relationship we have with a loving God. And sometimes those temptations are subtle and sometimes we don't see the hidden dangers and we think, oh, what's that going to hurt? And pretty soon, we've wandered far off the path. That's temptation. Testing? Testing is something that God does. And I used to think years ago that maybe the testing is so that that God can see the level of faith that we might or might not have. But I've realized through the years that that's the wrong way to think about it because God already knows the faith that we have. He knows the level of it. I believe that he allows us to be tested or he tests us himself so that we learn the level of faith that we have. Remember Jesus even turned to his disciples and said to them, O ye of little faith. And sometimes we sell ourselves short thinking that we don't have enough faith to accomplish that. We can't do it. And yet God reminds us that as we step forward in faith, he provides. Our Old Testament lesson reminds us that Abraham took his donkey and his son and some servants and they set off on a journey to go to the land of Moriah. And Abraham knows that God is instructing him to sacrifice Isaac. Take Isaac, your only son whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountain of which I shall tell you. What would you do? If God came to you and told you to sacrifice your own child, 
Now, parents, I know there are some days. But really, what would you do? What would you do with the hard task that God lays before you? Would you be like a Jonah and run away? Or like an Abraham, who in obedience to God takes his two young men, his son Isaac, piles the bundle of wood for the burnt offering, puts it on the donkey, and goes off to a far away place. And when he gets there, he tells his servants to stay behind with the donkeys and he puts the bundle of wood on his son, his only son whom he loves, and they begin to walk up the mountain. As they're journeying up the mountain, Isaac turns to his father and says, My father! And Abraham said, Here I am, my son. Behold the fire and the wood. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham responds with words of faith. Not knowing exactly what God's going to do, but trusting God somehow. People have often looked at the text and said, well, Abraham's lying to Isaac to spare him the truth. No, Abraham is responding in faith. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. I have to believe that, that Abraham truly believes by faith that God is going to provide. After all, this is the son that God gave to Abraham after he was a hundred years old. This is the son that God promised to him. The one about whom Sarah laughed. Those covenants are still in effect. You will be the father of many nations. When they came to the place of which God told him, he built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar. What do you think's going through Isaac's head? This is my dad. He tricked me. He's going to kill me. He lied. I'm the sacrifice. And he made me carry my own wood.
Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of heaven called to him, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. By faith, Abraham walked with God. By faith, Isaac walked with God. And Abraham, tested to the very limit of, I believe, what any human being could be tested to do, showed and demonstrated his faithfulness to God. And he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, there was a ram caught in the thicket. And he offered the ram as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. We know the story. Did Isaac deserve to die? We want to say no. But Isaac was a sinner. A sinner like you and, and me. Paul reminds us the wages of sin is death and no one is righteous, not even one, that we all deserve to suffer the cross and die. Doesn't matter who we are or what, what walk in life we come from, young or old, rich or poor. Abraham deserves death for his disobedience. We have the record of that in the Old Testament. It very well could have been the tables turned where Isaac was instructed to sacrifice his own father. We're all deserving of the death. But think about this, this incredible account from Genesis in another way. We heard the words from our gospel lesson in the baptism of Jesus, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. The same words echoed from Genesis, take your son, your only son whom you love and take him to the mountain. It's a reminder of one who rode a donkey into the streets of Jerusalem 
with all of the people shouting, Hosanna in the highest. It's a reminder of the one who carried the wood to the top of the mountain. But this time, the one carrying the wood knows that he's the sacrifice. This is the Son of God, the only Son of God whom God loves. And he sends him to the top of that mountain. And he provides the sacrifice in our place. We deserve to be bound and to be laid on the altar of the cross, and yet God puts Christ in our place. And he provides through his only son a way out of the sin and the death and a way to someday walk through the open doors and the gates of heaven. It was on the cross that one who utterly undeserving of the wrath of God suffered on behalf of those who utterly deserved hell. During this season of Lent, we need to journey through with that thought in mind. That God so loved the world. That God so loves you. That he gave his only son his one and only Son. And he gave him into death. So that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. As we face the temptations that Satan throws before us, we fix our eyes on the cross, we turn to the cross, and we beg for forgiveness because we know that we have a Savior who loves us and who died in our place. And we can say it kind of like Luther did. Yes, I know that I deserve death. I know that I deserve to be sent into the fires of hell, but I have one who stands in my place, who died for me, who covers my sin with his own blood, and salvation is found in no other name than the name of Jesus Christ. God provided him for me. And God provided him for you. And it's our, it's our turn to send the message to the world, to preach the good news of the gospel of God given to us in his one and only Son, that others might know of God's gift. Live and walk. Hold on to the cross and be mindful in your own life that God calls you to repentance and to salvation. In Jesus' name.
Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.